comes crashing down and it hurts inside. <laughs> you gotta take a stand, it don't help to hide. of a free podcast i'm your co-host rob and joined as always by my mime hating friends joe and duff i don't hate mimes <laughs> i don't i don't like a mime um, <laughs> yeah i i'm not surprised to hear that at all have so, you what, what kind of mime experience do you have duff i, I don't think i I've feel ever... like you used to be a mime duff have you ever been a mime no I've never been a mime. you know what you know what it is <laughs> When he was, like, uh, taking uh, comedy sports classes in college, he probably had to do, like, mime exercises, and that's Yeah, I was going to say, like, in high school theater, I'm sure they made us do some type of weird exercise like that. Mime over matter? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I don't know know if that's a real thing. Well, I, I, obviously, in Suburban Commando, I enjoy, one of my favorite parts of this movie is the uh, the continued Hulk versus mime uh, scenarios multiple <laughs> callbacks to <laughs> and and I know Duff you love you love like tropes that don't really exist anymore I feel like the mime trope might be gone Has yeah, anyone... what, I was thinking that while I was watching the movie too like what happened to the mime bits I used yeah. to be like it was a big, such kind of a pretty common thing especially in an era when we're all about you know nationalism and making fun of foreigners like mm-hmm. that because yeah for a long time like, has anyone ever seen a mime in real life? I don't think I have. Uh, I'm sure I have. I don't think I have. But, but it is Joe, not... you've been to France, so... <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> you can't go a block without tripping over a mime or a baguette, from what I hear. <laughs> On every street corner, you'll either see, like, a, 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 like a homeless guy with three empty bottles of wine next to him, or a mime. Yep. One of Sometimes the, the same person. Or yeah. uh, a... Jules and Jim style uh, romantic threesome. Every corner. I like to pretend that movie is Jules, comma, E.T., comma, Jim, and it's a totally different movie. So it's a dude, <laughs> a lady, and E.T., and they're yes. and they're all trying, they're all horny for each other. Yes. Uh, I'm sure people who tuned into the Hulk Hogan episode are excited for our true foe jokes, mm-hmm. but uh... <laughs> so we are continuing our wrestling with Hollywood season. And we are moving on to. I mean, I. Don't, I mean, this is fair. I mean, it's the most famous wrestler ever, right? Yeah. Uh, or, or, or does uh, The Rock maybe take him over because of his Hollywood stardom? But just as a wrestler, it's, it's one Hulk Hogan. Of, it's one of the two. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's probably accurate. Um, and so, by the rules that I created for the season, we couldn't talk about Rocky Three because he's essentially playing a wrestler. And we can't talk about um, No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred because he plays a wrestler. So we had to choose a different one. And I don't know about you guys. Luckily, there were a lot of options. (laughs) There were a lot of options. None of them good. Um, (laughs) No. But I have have, uh, positive memories of renting Suburban Commando, you know, getting the old VHS of Suburban Commando and watching it multiple times. I had never seen this. Yeah, I saw it when I was a kid, too. I um before we get into the plot overview, I think it's important to say, um, 
I watch it with my eight-year-old son, and he gives it five out of five stars. Come on. So. <laughs> I mean, as I was watching this, like, obviously this is, you know, not a great movie, but I'm sure I would have liked it as a kid. I'm not... You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch this again, but I'm not gonna dunk on it too hard. It, it is, wasn't as bad as I, I thought it would be. It is yeah. it is yeah. low quality, but it's you know, it's not offensive. It's just you know, it's a <clears throat> cartoonish, very early nineties Hulk Hogan vehicle. it's I I knew what I was getting into. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh so what it is is um it's uh I'm gonna do this one quick, Joe. Plot overview real quick. Hulk Hogan plays Shep Ramsey, who's a space warrior. Um, Pretty good he, name. It is a good name. Yeah. He needs to take a vacation, and he ends up on Earth, where he has to stay for two weeks until his spaceship repairs. <laughs> um, he hates Earthlings. Uh, Fair. He ends, up st- <laughs> he ends up staying with the Wilcoxes, which uh, the parents are played by Christopher Lloyd and Shelley Duvall. Which what is-, is going on there? <laughs> There's a lot. There's stuff done. There. There's a lot of casting choices in this movie. Uh, and so it's essentially a fish-out-of-water storyline with uh, Hulk Hogan interacting with Earth and Earthlings. Um, and then his presence shows uh, the Christopher Lloyd character, Charlie, how to be braver. And yeah. then the alien bad guy returns, and they work together, and they defeat him. The end. I, f- I feel like that's like a lot of the family comedies of the 80s and 90s is these like uptight... Um, it's emasculated suburban dads like having to be taught how to stick up for themselves. Yeah, it's emasculated men regain regaining some sense of their their pride, which is yeah. Now that you say is is wild, like that that was like that was the problem. They're like, listen, these men, these family men, they're not they're not man- manly enough. Oh, they're in the suburbs. They're driving minivans. Yeah, uh, we need to teach them to be tiny tough. cars. Yeah. <laughs> or a geo metro, or a geo metro that is very inappropriate for a family of four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the kids don't have much of a role in this movie. No, which, I you. There's long stretches where you forget that they have children. Yep, especially the the stretch when he comes home and Shelley Duvall is all ready for some sexy time. And, yeah, that was that was something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. That may be uncomfortable. The it, the casting is wild because I, I'm with you guys. I don't quite know why. What, I, I mean, to be fair, seven seventies no, indie prestige film darling Shelley Duvall <laughs> felt felt pretty hard. I mean, yeah. Look, geez. we all love Christopher Lloyd, but that guy would do anything as he should. He's a character actor. Yeah, but like, I still don't totally get it because he's still. Maybe not as the lead anymore, but he's still in big movies uh, up until like maybe like '94 or so. I mean, he's yeah. in uh, what did he did Roger the Adams Rabbit family the bit. same year as this? Yeah, I think. So I have I have this theory about like either a character actors or people who don't make it big until they're into their 40s, like say like someone like Brian Cranston or. Uh, was his name jk simmons gene feel, hackman too is another i feel like they that. never lose that that uh that fear that they're never gonna work again yeah even even after like you know like even after like breaking bad or something like brian cranston's still in that mode of like well i gotta take anything i need need to put food on the table yeah that's a good point that's an interesting point i never thought of it that way but so the weirdest thing to me is that 
uh, you get Christopher Lloyd, and for a good two thirds of this movie, he's the straight man. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, he is. With with Hulk Hogan being the alien warrior who's trying to you know get used to the world. Like I like guess. Hogan is supposed to be the comic lead, and boy, that doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, although I will say, I mean, I don't think Hogan's the problem in this. I mean, I mean this he's movie's... Do, yeah. He's doing his best. It's just Hogan's not a good actor. <laughs> no, but I do think like the charisma that he has as a wrestler, which we'll talk about, does exist on screen as well. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. I, Maybe I, it's I just like my childhood. So I, I think that Hogan is very good at being mad and being... Um, like crying or sobbing (laughs) as we saw in that clip with andre where he's on his knees and the cross comes off okay from the andre episode okay um i was like he doesn't cry in suburban commando um but in suburban commando he's pretty even keel by hulk standards and it doesn't work for me except when he interacts with the mime yeah when he gets when he breaks that mime out of its invisible force field box yeah (laughs) um yeah, I mean, this is just, it's just a standard paint-by-your-numbers, you know, family This film. wouldn't be in a theater today. It would just go to Redbox. Like, yeah, or Netflix. Or in, in an age yeah. where there's, you know, streaming and video games and whatnot and more competition, this never goes to a theater. And this did not do well um, at, the, at, the, at the box office. It did, and, did not break any records. And outside of, like, Rocky Three, obviously does do very well and Hogan has a big part of it and um, Hogan's like trajectory in his career is actually like you could start it with that like that his his him being in Rocky 3 helped launch him more than anything else in his wrestling career and then when he comes back to Hollywood to try to like make it work like No Holds Barred was not a hit but also wasn't a bust like it made its money back and more probably but then everything after that, like Suburban Commando and Mr. Nanny and Santa um, with muscles, Santa with muscles and the wonderful show Thunder in Paradise. <laughs> well, <laughs> to be fair to Hogan, though, um, it wasn't all like his fault. Um, I mean, I know uh, because of his his wife wouldn't let he, he was offered the lead in Highlander. Uh, but his wife wouldn't let him be in it. So uh, is this another? Is this our first of many Hogan lies we're going to hear in this yes. episode? That's what. It's not my favorite, but it's probably top fifteen for me that he Listen. claimed that he was offered the lead in Highlander. We're gonna. So yeah, let's let's talk about what we're gonna talk about this episode. We're probably mostly done with Suburban Commando, although I have some fun facts. But we do have some Hogan career stuff. We have. Um, even Some. if you don't like wrestling, I think you will like this. If yep. you're if you're aware at all of who Hulk Hogan is, whether you know all you need to know is you know, oh, the giant guy who was big in the '80s. Yeah, that's you'll be entertained. And then uh, we have uh, a segment where we just talk about all the like our favorite Hogan lies over the years because he's got <laughs> a lot of them. Uh, Can you and- imagine? I like him in Highlander. Just I I've been laughing about it all day. Just picturing him in that role. So that was he great. was he going to be the Highlander or the Kurgan or 
Well, I mean, just in general, he like he'll he keeps saying with these movies like Suburban Commando and Mr. Nanny, all these like he talks about how like the script was terrible, and then him and like or you know for No Holds Barred, for example, I think the story is that him and Vince McMahon had to like spend three straight days staying up twenty four hours in a row to write the script for No Holds Barred because the original was so bad, and I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah, I think he cl- at least two scripts he said he rewrote them completely, but the scr- uh, the Writers Guild screwed him out of credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, I mean, like, it's like a weird thing to be like, no, I'm the one who wrote No Holds Barred. Like, okay. it's It's a weird flex. <laughs> yeah. Um, do, you think, do you think Hulk Hogan knows how to read and write? I um, do because he's probably had enough lawsuits where he's had to... <laughs> the lawyers do <laughs> no. that. Yeah. That's yeah, true. They just... That's true. Yeah, um, they, they just give him the the talking points. Uh, this movie is also another movie that this is the heyday of during this uh, 80s and early 90s. Is a, another movie where a white professional man is very upset that he isn't getting the raise he thinks he deserves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, baby. And <laughs> so the other, and on top of that, um, we've talked about how, like, the go-to movie tv show like middle class job was working in publishing for a long Mm -hmm. time also up there architect yes a lot of architects if you if you know if aliens came to earth and just did a survey of like 80s 90s cultures like i approximately two-thirds of the population are in publishing and the rest are architects have you ever met an architect no no but also uh i i know my singing was bad at the beginning of this episode, but uh, this movie has that too with a theme song where Hulk Hogan. Oh gets my the, god! <laughs> has some gets uh, joined in on the chorus, and boy, is it something! It's a, um, it's a and we should. It's a rap song, by the way. Yes, yeah, um. so he doesn't rap. He just sort of like comes in on the the chorus, I guess. Yeah, he just you know he, he drops a line. I don't think he's singing. He just <laughs> yeah, uh, that song is something. It's it's wild, um, so I have a couple a couple fun facts uh, about cast and crew and the different people in this movie. Some are fun, some are not fun at all. Uh, oh, I was gonna say I have one unfun fact. Okay, is uh-huh. it related to a previous season we've done? Yes. Yes. Okay. Damn it! I was hoping I was the only one that discovered no, that. I mean, well. <laughs> I mean, what are the odds of us both looking at the trivia section of IMDb? That's true. Okay. So, Duff, why don't you tell us the unfun fact before we get to fun facts? Uh, well, this movie attacked. This movie attacked and um, has Someone got hurt because of Suburban Commando. They died, Joe. They Spe- died? Spe- they died. So, special effects tech Michael Colvin was accidentally killed on the stage of the second visual effects shoot when he fell through a trap door while testing it. Now... I'm sorry to Michael Colvin and his family, but when I read that, I was like, I guess the trapdoor works. Because uh. <laughs> I don't understand. And again, what? it just shows that uh, at least two of us are bad people. But I'm like, that's kind of a hilarious death. That's like if you slipped on a banana peel. <laughs> like that. That's like a Looney Tunes death. It is. What happened to Uncle Mike? Mm, he died on a movie. Oh, no. What happened? He fell through a trapdoor. I mean, Which one? Suburban <laughs> Commando. It's too bad. Oh, uh, Anvil fell on his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, you're right, Duff. You and I are the only really bad ones. That's <laughs> terrible. Um, he, he ordered some Acme products and they misfired. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one. Uh, another one. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Moss plays the girl whose cat is in the tree. That's her first role. Mm-hmm. So that's a super fun fact. The other one, I'm guessing... Do you uh, think Hulk Hogan has claimed he f- he discovered Elizabeth Moss? <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, also, um, this is kind of bizarre. In the movie, there are space bounty hunters that go after Hulk Hogan. One mm. of the bounty hunters is played by none other than The Undertaker. Yeah. Which is wild because it is pre The Undertaker debuting at, at WWF as The Undertaker. Yeah, it, uh, Vince McMahon was hoping it would be a hit, and then this would be kind of a springboard for The Undertaker. Yeah. Did not happen. Well, I, I mean, mean I mean, he became a big, obviously became a phenomenon, but this movie was not what launched him. No, and I didn't even know he was in this movie until watching it this time. Like, uh, it, it's never, like, mentioned or talked about. Um, I mean, he's in the movie for a cumulative, what, minute and a half, maybe? Yeah, a little longer than that. But, yeah, I mean, he's, he, he gets the battle with Hogan. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is wild, and I didn't know this until um, Duff mentioned it. So the guy who directed this movie is Burt Kennedy who uh, nothing really worth noting as a director, but as a writer, he wrote most of the um, the renowned Western. So like the Bud Bodinger, I don't know if I'm saying that name correctly, but the Randolph Scott. Yeah, Bettinger, Bettinger, I don't know. Yeah, so he, uh, he wrote The Tall T, which is awesome, and Seven Men From Now, which is also awesome. And I recently watched those for the first time a couple months ago he also wrote a few other ones that were part of that um set of movies but uh, it's just d- wild to me he he directed a movie that maybe has my favorite title ever uh he directed a movie called dirty dingus mcgee <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the title character dingus mcgee was played by frank sinatra what? <laughs> i love i love the world i love i love the world That's what great. what incredible Dirty Dingus <coughs> McGee starring yeah. old blue eyes. Yeah, Dingus. Uh, yeah, this guy like gets his career writing some really like great westerns. He did well for himself. Yeah, then directs Sinatra and Dirty Dingus McGee. And towards <laughs> his end of his career, gets to, gets to direct Shelley Duvall and uh, Hulk Hogan uh, in, <laughs> in Suburban Commando. Incredible. What a life! Um, I think those are I think those are my fun facts on the movie. Um, uh, I th- we we maybe need to talk about that at uh, one point in the movie. Um, Christopher Lloyd puts on the suit that <laughs> Hogan wears, and when he's around a a woman that he saves, his <laughs> his nuts light up in the <laughs> suit. Did you guys notice that? <laughs> yeah, I think I did. Uh, the only other thing I was going to note about this is this was part of the era when there was just a, ho- a ton of jokes about how Japan was going to run the world. Yes, yes. And there was a good twenty-year run of that. Oh, in, in it was movies. so huge! It was, it was you know, it's kind of like what MAGA heads uh, froth about with China now, 
where they're like scared to death of China running everything. But I, I remember in like the late eighties and early nineties, there was just so, you know, kind of like the, how there used to be mime jokes. It was just so many jokes about how, Oh, Japan's better. And Japan is all the best tech and they have the best workforce and blah, blah, blah. And they're going to run the world in 10 years. And this really leans into that. So yeah, we, we kind of mentioned, uh, Hulk Rocky three comes out in 82 and I mean, he'd been a wrestler obviously before that, but he was in like, you know, other promotions, not nearly the star. And then like, he comes back to WWF, uh, after Rocky three comes out and that that's when his career, I mean, just rocket ship just becomes this a mega star. We've talked a lot about him earlier with, um, with Roddy Piper and with Andre the giant. So I want to talk about a few other things that happened in his career that could kind of just shine a light on Hulk Hogan, the wrestler, and just how wild and funny the wrestling business is. Are these true things? These are true things. Okay. Okay. So I want to start with 1988, the main event. This is height of Hulk, Hulkamania. He's still a major star. This is after the WrestleMania three that we talked about with Andre the Giant. And this is one of the very fun storylines in that uh, the million-dollar man, the dastardly million-dollar man, wants to become the champion. But he can't, right? He can't beat Hulk Hogan. No one can beat Hulk Hogan. So the million-dollar man, you know, you can buy anyone, and everyone has a price. He buys Andre the Giant off to be able to, to face um, Hulk Hogan in, in this live event, the main event, I tell you. And this is, like, uh, this is aired live, Shot live, which is pretty rare for that era, and and on primetime TV, and, and did like huge ratings. Well, it was a WrestleMania rematch. Yep. And uh, in the match, it's uh, it's Andre the Giant versus Hogan, and in Andre the Giant's corner is a million dollar man in his bodyguard Virgil, which <laughs> manservant. Man, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of racial political yeah. context there that is we'll uncomfortable <laughs> so um the match happens it's not a very good match because honestly giants even bigger and even older and moves even slower not even i i said that this match is the best and the worst of wrestling and i'm not you know i'm not gonna blame andre andre who's literally like four or five years away from death who mm-hmm. is just hobbled <laughs> he, he was being a good sport like yeah. he was you know doing this for vince mcmahon um, but yeah, he, like the first half of this match is literally Andre just standing there taking blows from Hogan. It's a lot of rest holds, a lot of just like, <laughs> yeah, just it's get your Andre, breath, big guy. Andre can only do moves that involve his arms. Like when he, whenever he stands up, the camera cuts away to something else. Cause like no one yeah. wants to see him trying to get to his feet. And again, um, I'm not, I'm not ragging on him. It's kind of sad. It's like, it it's is. like, ugh. I would agree. I would just, agree. Just to see this guy who's literally buckling under his gigantism. So, uh, Andre the Giant goes to pin Hogan, and the ref is counting one, two, three. And Hogan, after like one, has his shoulders off the ground. And the ref keeps counting, and he counts to three, and he says, Andre the Giant won. And the crowd is upset. Hogan is upset. No one can believe this ref would be so awful. And the ref gives the the belt to Andre, who then 
puts it around. It says, like, I vacate this belt and give it to the Million Dollar Man. Puts it around a Million Dollar Man. Now the crowd's even madder, right? Because the Million Dollar Man didn't even earn this. He just bought his way into it. Well, guys, while Hogan is getting mad, all of a sudden you look in the ring, and there's not one ref. There's two identical refs, and they're <laughs> arguing. And they start, like, pushing each other around. This goes on for a while. Essentially, what we find out is in the storyline, the million-dollar man paid off another ref to get plastic surgery to look exactly <laughs> like the other ref to, in, to be his imposter in order to do the quick three-count and give the belt to Andre the Giant. I mean, Lo- love unbelievable. It. Love it. I mean, that <laughs> this is when wrestling is at its best, is when it's just, you know, soap opera gimmicks and just... <laughs> going broke going for broke uh so yeah in real life obviously the refs were just twin brothers um but no one knew that at the time so it was just it was just the idea that a million dollar man paid someone to get plastic surgery that's also a very 1988 thing they got plastic surgery to look exactly like another person (laughs) Because that's how it works. So that's that's 1988. John, Hi- saw, John Woo saw that and was like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, Height of Hulkamania. A Million Dollar Man is just a very, very fun villain as well. Okay, so fast forward to one of the most famous moments in wrestling history. And this is why Hogan has to be considered... You know, one of the all-timers because, you know, we mentioned WrestleMania three earlier. And obviously this what happened in 1996 is something that even if you don't know wrestling, you've seen gifts of this. You've seen uh, this reference. So in 1986, I'm sorry, in 1996, there's two promotions. There's WWF, which is WWE, but WWF. And there's WCW, which is kind of the upstart. And it is a big ratings war. And because they're on at the same time on Monday night. So what happens is WCW starts getting more and more talent away from WWF. So they get Hogan, and they bring over uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, who is Razor Ramon. And these, we're going to talk about Kevin Nash later on in our season. But they bring these two guys, and they are like huge stars in WWF. They bring them over, and what happens is, is uh, Scott Hall first comes over. It's a Razor Ramon guy, and he comes out of the crowd, and he like threatens like a WCW wrestler and he says this is going to be a takeover and it's him and two others. So then a week later, him and Kevin Nash joins them. So we know who the second man is and, and they keep saying, we're going to like, we're going to take over this promotion. They're kind of like call themselves the outsiders. They're not, we don't even see them wrestle. They're just in like jeans and t-shirts and they're just coming out and pushing other wrestlers around. And there's always security around and keeping them away from the wrestlers. And, they at Bash at the Beach in 1996. There's going to be a uh, a match, a three on three match between these the outsiders and whoever the mysterious third man would be against the three biggest stars in WCW. And this is like a a match to determine the future of WCW because these guys are the outsiders. Okay, so the match happens, and everyone's wondering who is the third man, who could it be? So Nash and Hall come out there just two of them they say we don't the third man is in the building but we don't need him yet pretty bold so then the three for wcw come out to face them and it's uh sting macho man randy savage and lex luger and they're about to do the match and early on lex luger gets knocked out 
gets carried out. So now it's two on two. And the big question remains, who is going to be the third man? This goes back and forth for a while. Uh, finally, the uh, uh, looks like the WCW, the good guys are going to win. And uh, right when it's about to happen, Kevin Nash hits Macho Man right in the old nuts. A low blow. That's illegal, guys. <laughs> oh, come on. That's illegal. Can't do that. And Macho Man's on the ground. And he's writhing in pain. And all of a sudden, out comes Hulk Hogan. And everyone's like, yes, Hulk Hogan is going to come. And he's going to be the he's going to help his friend, Macho Man Randy Savage. So he comes out there. And everyone just kind of looks. And then, to the dismay of the crowd, guys, he lays a big old leg drop right on Macho Man. And comes up and high fives the outsiders. And those three guys start beating up Macho Man. The crowd is so pissed. Hogan gets on the mic and says, "This is the birth of the new world or the new world order of wrestling." So NWO, if you've ever seen those shirts, um, and the crowd is so pissed, they're just throwing trash. And like by the end of his promo, like the ring is full of trash. Poor Mean Gene Oakland's getting hit by like popcorn and empty bottles as he's trying to interview Hogan. Just an all-time moment. Uh, of like you know the ultimate hero. I mean, from yeah, all was, the eighties through ninety six, the, the mother of all heel turns. The mother, yeah. This is the 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 hero of all heroes coming out there and just like a beautifully told. Who is the third man? Ah, it's wonderful. I rewatch it today. It's it's very fun. Uh, just a anyone our age who watched wrestling, his career was uh, in the backdrop a lot with him and the Macho Man and the superpowers. And yeah. uh, or mega powers, I'm sorry. Mega power, yeah, mega powers. Um, but yeah, just a, a guy who liked to lie. And this is what I know you guys are excited to talk about more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that a dude who was so successful and did so much crazy stuff needed to lie. It it is wild. You know what? Other really uh, strange. Uh, the other two little Hogan facts before we get into the lies that I forgot to say. Number one is I'm pretty sure. This also tells you how different things were in the 80s or how different um, Marvel was at. I think he had to make a deal with Marvel Comics in order to use the term, the name Hulk. Yeah, I think you're right. And I bet you whatever deal he made in like the early 80s for Hulk Hogan sure looks great now. Yeah. <laughs> what that would cost to do, you know, now, I can't even, I imagine they would just say no. There's yeah, no there's, there's no way he could afford to do that now. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say that I, I didn't want to forget is at that 1996 bash at the beach, at the end, the, the announcer <laughs> is like signing off, right? And he's, he signs off and then he goes, Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell. <laughs> 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 That's how the program ends. Oh, wonderful. Just wonderful. Um, all right, so guys, I know you did more research on the Hogan lies than I did. So why don't we start with you, Joe? What is one of your favorite lies that <laughs> Hogan has told over the years? Well, there's two. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm, you can okay, use both. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna. Well, I'll start with my my second favorite one, and then I'll I'll let Duff share one. Maybe okay, we can do a little a little tag team action. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, Let's hear it, brother. And this oh, yeah, might be brother. stealing Duff. So I, I, I really think, and I very well think he, he might pick my number one. His, it, so this I, could, I was this afraid of this, so I made it a list of like six or seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I, uh, so 
Mine is that he uh, claims that both the Rolling Stones and Metallica uh, wanted to uh, hire him in their bands to be a bassist. And <laughs> Lars Ulrich personally recruited him to be in Metallica. See, here's how great Hulk Hogan is. I did not even have that one. And that seems like it would be like a top five lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Because we had teased the Metallica thing last week. I don't know if I was aware of the Rolling Stones angle, but beautiful it's it's i i i know yeah like we did mention it last week but it, it really is a staggering lie because it's there it involves so many different famous people yeah. and it's just yeah. so stunningly easy to just dis- well i guess i guess it's to their word against his but it, it's also sort of so transparently like implausible like yeah what are you talking about dude <laughs> So one of them is that he claimed Elvis Presley was a fan of his wrestling in (laughs) Memphis. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Even though that Hulk debuted the year that Elvis died, which would have made it highly unlikely that Hulk Hogan was a big name draw. Yeah, very unlikely. I think I think he debuted in August of 1977. Well, that was the month Elvis died. (laughs) (laughs) So Hogan killed Elvis. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, so mine, I I got one here. Um, (laughs) this first part I heard is not a joke. Not the first part I've heard is real. The second part I don't believe. Okay. All right. He once claimed that Andre the giant took a dump in a hotel (laughs) bathtub. Yeah. That part I've heard is true, but who am I? got to add a little Hoganism to it. Right guys. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He claims that Andre filled it all the way up to the taps. Come on. <laughs> like the fact that a seven foot giant of a man took a dump in a hotel bathtub is a good enough story. Yeah. That's good enough. <laughs> you don't have to say that it filled the it filled the whole tub to the taps. What are you doing, Hulkster? It's <sighs> so good, man. Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell. <laughs> um okay so my my favorite one is that he claimed that he wrestled 400 days in a year (laughs) (laughs) this is a great one yeah yeah how is that possible Uh, well fortunately he explained it in one of his books so i'll I'll, he has multiple books (laughs) yes he has two autobiographies i think you can't call memoirs if it's a wrestler okay God, I could just, I, I'm not going to read it in his voice because I can't, but Come I'd on, recommend brother. just trying to imagine him re- re- saying this. To really blow your mind, think about this. <laughs> okay, you guys ready? I'm ready, brother. <laughs> if I say I wrestled 400 days a year, it's no exaggeration. My years were actually longer than 365 days. <laughs> The American audience had no idea that I was wrestling in Japan during the whole Hulkamania thing. There were times when I'd fly back and forth to Japan twice a week just to wrestle. <laughs> okay. Sure, man. <laughs> Sorry, that was me editorializing there a little. Okay. Now, it was nothing it was now it was nothing to wrestle in Madison Square Garden one day, then fly all the way to the Egg Dome in Tokyo the same day, cause you'd gain fourteen hours. And then fly back to the West Coast. Uh First of all, that's wrong. 
about anyways okay it's like an 18 hour flight so i could wrestle in japan today and then fly back across the international dateline and land in another town yesterday i was constantly adding days to my years oh boy just to to spend even an hour in his mind palace would be just a wonderful treat i don't, I don't think we need to explain what's wrong with that logic right i no. So he, and here's the thing about Hulk Hogan is he could have just said, well, I wrestled so much as the equivalent of 400 days. And he'd be like, all right, that's dumb, but whatever. But he actually tries to mathematically <laughs> parse this out. Anyways, the years, years were longer for the Hulkster yeah. because he flew to Japan a lot. Apparently, he yeah. doesn't really consider the idea that when you do that, you fly both ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just but it rocks though it's a great it's, lie like yeah. i love funny lies we, we that's been well well documented yeah i mean and, uh that's that's a whole just a that's just good clean fun as a lie that's funny i agree i agree uh duff do you have another one uh this is a, a famous one uh that he was offered the lead role in the wrestler mm-hmm. the darren Ar- <laughs> aronofsky film not once but three times turned him down all three times for some reason <laughs> even though this was well past his you know his prime um aronofsky has publicly refuted it saying that mickey rourke was always the first choice uh but hulkster disagrees it's not how he remembers it guys well i, I shared this one with you guys earlier but he claimed that um that the re- wrestlers have their own like carny language that they speak in the ring so that in case an audience member he- hears it, that's true though. But that's but did you hear? Did you see his like typing of it? The example was something else. The example yeah. was just like he added Z's to a lot of words. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I I I I don't know. I don't know the Carney language. Um, uh, but it's a real thing. Is is it like? It's like Cesarni or something. There's a Z in the language and how it's called. So maybe it is with just a Z. Like Pig Latin is just reversing stuff, right? Yeah. Well, I, okay. I, so I'll, I'll read what I sent you guys earlier. Like, if I wanted to say that girl over there, she's got big boobs, I'd say Vizat Gizurl. She's got some bazig bazoobs. There's no way it's that. <laughs> yeah. Once again, he takes something that is true and then just something that's interesting just enough. lies for no reason and then just yeah fabricates on top of it yeah because i will say the like in like not i don't think it really exists anymore but like it would have when hogan started for sure in, in the 80s but like wrestling has like there's like a lot of carny connections to with language and also like i'm pretty sure there used to be like a uh like for real like if you were a pro wrestler there was like a handshake like a secret handshake mm. that you would do so that they would know that you were a real professional wrestler or not. Like there was some real like secrets of the wrestling world stuff that well, it was did very, exist. As we talked about, it was very territorial and you know, this was before it was big business. It was kind of, you know, societal outcasts some of the time and yeah, a lot of carny parallels. Yeah. I guess uh, the last one I'd like to share Okay. Is that is him? Do we? I don't remember if we mentioned this last week or, or not. But he his claim that he um, partied with John Belushi after WrestleMania two. 
which yes. took place four years after John Belushi died. Yes, that <laughs> that's is an all-timer. That's a great and e- like the best lies, the funniest lies are the ones that are so easily disprovable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think he also said like there's something where he said he like broke or he like hurt every muscle in his back when he picked up Andre the Giant or something or like, yeah, even though know. he could still get up and walk. I think he, <laughs> I, I, all I think sorts he, of stuff. Um, I'll just quickly go down the last three that I have. Um, you guys, so uh, he said he was the first person to body slam Andre, which is provably false. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that there was going to be a match where he fought Mike Tyson, but Mike Tyson was afraid of him. Okay. Uh, and then the last one is uh, he claimed that he helped a dying kid go to SummerSlam in Wembley. Uh, through Make-A-Wish, even though Hulk Hogan was not featured at SummerSlam, nor was he in the UK. <laughs> yeah, that would have been SummerSlam 92, I think. Something yeah, like he was that. Not, I've actually recently watched that. Uh, Hulk Hogan is not in that. On and that and <laughs> true to form, once again, uh, to his credit, Hulk Hogan has done a ton with Make-A-Wish. So why throw that out there? <laughs> <laughs> I... I, if I'm being charitable, and I think I'm being too charitable because, like, you know, something we should talk about with Hogan, uh, probably a racist. Mm. I think most recently, <laughs> I, I, I think we could take the probably out of it. <laughs> yeah, is a racist. I mean, he's recorded being racist. Yeah, like, yeah caught on tape. N-word many times. Yeah. Um, and. But if I was being charitable, I would be like, well, he just, you know, the the general point of what he said is correct, but all the dates are wrong. Uh, yeah, so, you know, being pretty generous. But yeah, I, I don't think with his history, you can be that generous. <laughs> true. He's true. he's a compulsive liar. Um, he seems like a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> um, who and then got. Uh, mixed up with uh, some other guys who are very dumb but not as dumb as him and uh, had a lot of money and uh, fast forward bankrupted Gawker. Yeah, that's with the sex tape, right? Yeah, so a shock jock uh, secretly videotaped him um, banging the shock, Bubble the Love Sponge's wife. (laughs) And I think they were going to use that they were going to hold on to that tape to potentially exploit him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Gawker published some of the video, and then uh, literal human vampire uh, Peter Thiel like secretly funded the lawsuit against Gawker about that um, to try to put him out of business, and succeeded. Yeah, it, um, didn't he make his money in PayPal? Which yeah. is yeah, he's like yeah, one of not, those not Hogan. Ho- <laughs> no, maybe that's something Hogan. Hogan says too. Yeah, Peter Thiel like he was one of those like Silicon Valley vampires, just a complete sicko. Uh, awful person and he was one of those guys uh that was um into like having blood transfusions from longer younger people to try to live forever which feels like that was like 30 years ago but i think it was only like four yeah. years ago but um allegedly yeah so, allegedly yeah it's like yeah we better say that <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah true Dudes, um, dudes like him and Elon Musk who like claim that they made their money the old-fashioned way instead of you know getting it through apartheid diamond mines or something <laughs> like that. Isn't that really the old-fashioned way, though? 
<laughs> like when you get down to it. Yeah. Okay. I fair. <laughs> so I don't. Uh, did have you guys ever seen the the Hogan sex tape? No. Uh, That's some research I did not do. So I haven't seen the the, the humping, but I've seen um, because there was a clip going around where afterward he just sits on the bed and complains about how bloated he is yeah yeah that's what i was gonna bring up it's it's um i mean most sex tapes are pretty sad yeah that one might be the saddest and i just remember that that was a clip going around you know 10 years ago or whatever where it's just the hulkster like complaining how he feels bloated yeah it's funny if you think about sad wrestling tapes i mean hogan might be up there but don't forget china yeah i was about to say Mm. that's probably sadder (laughs) one night in china man uh or tanya harding might have one on the list too she i mean yes she wrestled but <laughs> no i know she wasn't a rest i meant mean there's a wrestle i meant for sad sex tapes oh which should that should be the next season we do guy <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> uh, god that's a good idea actually Terrible idea. <laughs> uh, oh, the other the other thing I wanted to make sure we mentioned about Hulk about Hulk is uh, not a lie, but his uh, his pasta mania restaurant. Oh God, what is pasta mania? How, you you haven't heard of this? No. Just yeah, go- th- this is good. Google pasta mania, one word. Oh my God, this is Hulk. A I, I think it was a chain. It was. I mean, it was what it says it is. It was Hulk Hogan's, like, pasta-themed restaurant. <laughs> That's why he felt so bloated all the time. <laughs> brother, I ate too much of that pasta mania, brother. I think there was one at the Mall of America, but I, I, don't, I never attended. Yes, on Labor Day of 1995, Hulk Hogan opened his pasta mania restaurant at the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota. Yeah, I don't, I, I wish I'd gone to it. I don't know why I didn't. I did not know about pasta mania. I cannot believe that because for someone who's so into wrestling that you hadn't heard of this because this is like well, I'm a... not into pasta. That's the thing. <laughs> so that's that's the rub. <laughs> Want to go out for some pasta, brother? <laughs> um, the pasta was laced with steroids, by the way. <laughs> uh, when you ate the pasta, you went back in time. <laughs> I eat pasta 400 days a year. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, I wonder if the menu is like, uh, I invented pasta without carbs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, Hulk Hogan uh, uh, invented tomato sauce. <laughs> he, he's the one that brought tomatoes to Italy. He doesn't. He also have a thing that he was originally called about the Foreman Grill, but they he was out picking his kids up. <laughs> yeah. So then they went yeah, with George Foreman be, instead. It could have been the Hogan Grill. Which like, <laughs> there's. I'm, I mean, there's that's no such a way. weird thing to lie about. That that's maybe not the best lie, but it might be the weirdest one. It, it's the most spe- specific flex. <laughs> it's like as if they were unable to leave a message yeah really his well. tape was full in his answer <laughs> yeah machine. i guess we'll just have to go down a list who's next i oh, mean it, george it, foreman it really <laughs> reminds me of uh our glorious former president and when he would just like call up people on his staff to make sure they knew his dick wasn't small like it's that type of weird sociopathic self-absorption um do you guys have anything else you want to talk about with hulk hogan uh, I do have like a, a little bone to pick with the movie. If we can okay. just re- put a bow on the 
on, on this. Um, sure. So there's a recurring bit just to sort of characterize Christopher Lloyd's um, character as sort of being too cowardly and passive. Mm-hmm. The the stoplight scenes. Yeah, I don't get lights. this at all. So there, if you've seen the movie, you probably remember this because it gets repeated like four times, I think. Yes. And on his way home from work, he has to stop at a red light. But for a baffling reason, the, the, they have to stop for the red light like three blocks away from it. <laughs> it, it like it's it's clear, it's crystal clear when you watch it. And I may have rewound it because I was getting, I may have been getting upset. You, there, there's, they're not at an intersection. Mm-hmm. And then when us- the light turns green, they have to floor it to get to the act where the lights actually are, where the intersection actually is, and get through it before the light turns red again. And it's like he, if you had a failing. It's like if you put a stoplight on a on a, a speedway, like it's just in the middle of a straightaway. Yeah. So where the where the stoplight actually is is an intersection, but for some reason where they have to stop again is like at least like a hundred meters away. So what is what is going on there? What are they doing? Why? why? Like they, it's like they came up with the idea like oh he's so passive he won't even go through a yellow light or something, and then they just compl- invent this completely like fabricated. Um, scenario did that bug you guys too i didn't get it i like i I was i was like what is happening because i i thought he was at the light and then they would all go and then his car would just stop and then he'd go in reverse and i was like i don't know what it was very confusing because (laughs) it somehow it was the same three cars every day that they all they all pulled up at the schedule they all pulled up at the exact same moments and i guess they were racing but then at the end of the movie, there's a gag that Christopher Lloyd shoots out the stoplight and races yeah. through and they all cheer him and it makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> so, okay, so that's that's a, a good thing to end because we're all, all three of us are homeowners. We are, we are the, um, the Christopher Lloyds of our household. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, what? What uh, what what thing about being a homeowner in a city? What little thing that shouldn't make you mad? Oh, that shouldn't make me mad. This changes things. <laughs> this shouldn't make you or or like you get more angrier about it than you should. And I can start since I changed the I changed the rules on it. I guess a little bit. Well, plus um, you probably have a list of thirty things. I mean, I <clears throat> are you just pulling up next door? No, so here's one that drives me nuts, and it's a little bit uh, in that. So one of the things in the in the movie is is these neighbors are working on their drag cars, and they just <laughs> leave the car blocking his his way into the house. Okay. Uh, into the, I get that. That would make me mad. But what minor thing that makes me mad, and Joe, I'm curious if you're experiencing this now as a new dad, mm-hmm. um, when cars don't go all the way into their driveway and they block the sidewalks. I get very upset. Mm, I because with like a you know because yeah. I I I've always been kind of irritated by it, but then once you know I had a child and I would you know have the the you know, taking walks with them and stuff, and you'd have to like the baby carriage. And I'm like, oh, what am I gonna do here? It's cars in the way. It makes you really mad. Yeah, I, I that hap- I I encounter that very very rarely. Well, you must live in a nicer neighborhood than I do. <laughs> he has more considerate neighbors. Yeah. 
uh, I mean, I but I, I see your point. Yeah, that would be annoying. What about you, Duff? I'm sure you've got some. Uh, <laughs> you I you mean, just hear him unfurl a scroll that's th- like 30 yards long. It's like I mean, Jericho's 1,001 Yeah, moves. yeah, yeah. Well, right now, I like to keep my work life and my podcasting life separate. And you're okay. you're you're making me mix now. Sorry. For anyone, who, for anyone who does not know, I am a municipal employee. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, Duff's number one is when uh, someone's car alarm goes off and wakes him up from a car nap. <laughs> and it's his car. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time like a guy tried to panhandle and woke me up and scared me half to death? <laughs> During your car nap? No. Well, he saw you sleeping in a car and just figured like you were you were you know part of the same game. You know, it's like, oh, maybe this guy knows good places to, was, to, to sass for change. It was, an, it was a nice fall. I think it was like a sunny fall day. I was Good napping weather. Good napping weather. And, you know, I was <laughs> in for maybe 10 minutes or so. And just he knocks like right on the window, just scares the hell out of me. And, you know, he's just asking for bus fare or something or other. And I'm like, oh, no, no, dude. It's, oh, scared. You, not, not a fan. You can't, what you should do. You can't wake a guy up for change. You should dress like a mime when you're taking your nap so when they wake you up you can pretend you're stuck in a box (laughs) (laughs) uh so you know i the ones i can the ones that come to the top of my head are mainly they're so one is uh people who can't figure out or just want to complain about roundabouts oh Uh, yeah because uh roundabouts are awesome they are awesome they are not hard they're literally way, statistically significantly better than an they, intersection. Yeah. They are better for everyone because if you are in an accident, it's going to be a way less severe accident and the odds that you know you have to slow down yet they have to completely stop, they go way down. Hulk so, Hogan invented them. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so roundabouts, they should just replace everything with roundabouts because yes. they're safer, they're more efficient. Um among many things that make, uh, I'll say, predominantly baby boomers and older lose their mind is replacing the, you know, the biblically uh, scriptured uh, four-way stops. <laughs> yeah. The you, road to Nazareth had that. It, it's Why like, change it? It's like you were suggesting that they have, like, an open marriage or something. There's like, well, what? Roundabout. The, if we if they had Bubba roundabouts in biblical times, the three wise men never would have made it. They would have just exactly. kept walking around in circles. Uh, yeah, it's it's either you're a big dumb or you're just resisting change for the sake of change. That's a good one. That's a good one. Joe, what about you? Uh, I don't really have a whole lot. Um, I guess probably the only one I could think of was uh, I hate it when people don't shovel their sidewalks. Mm, um, I, yeah. I enjoy going for um, runs about town, and uh, it sucks when you're running, and it's has it snowed three days ago, and uh, someone didn't shovel their sidewalk. Oh, uh, do you do you narc on that? No, mm, I'm okay. I'm not a cop. Don't call the cops, Rob. Oh no, I would not do that. Some, Jesus, some people would. I'm not. I'm our, not. Joking. Our city has a website. You can just go submit it. For that, uh, I don't know. We, 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 I guess we might have one, but no, I've never. Because usually, like, by the t- by the time I get home, I've forgotten about it, you know. But I, yeah, I, um, I wouldn't do it on like day one. But like once you're on like day three or four, it's like all right. 
Yeah. yeah. I'm tired there, of walking through this snowbank to get if to If the there's bus. like an anonymous form where they can get like a ticket or something, if they've yep. done it multiple times, that's all right. Um, I probably should do it because like a lot of my running route goes by like really super rich people houses and uh, they, they can go. afford to pay the fine. Uh, running hood. Yeah. Can <laughs> I just. Stealing from the rich, giving it back to the city. <laughs> yeah. Get your shovel out, Scrooge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, next up, we're going to go from one megastar to another on here. We're going from Hulk Hogan to The Rock. This is uh, Hulk Hogan's uh, trainee. And <laughs> he discovered The Rock. Yep. Um, the uh, There's a lot of Rock movies. A lot. And I'm sure we'll talk about... Um, but this one's interesting because this is when The Rock was still figuring himself out. Yeah, yeah. So I, I went with an earlier Rock movie that I, I enjoy quite a bit, at least when I rewatched it a few years ago. Maybe it was like seven years ago, but I still liked it then. We're going to talk about The Rundown. And uh, yeah, yeah and it. if you're interested in uh, listening to more episodes, we do a monthly paid podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash the Midnight Boys. Um can help us vote on what movies we're going to talk about next and what we're going to do on the paid ones and uh listeners there even helped us shape the season by choosing which movies about wrestlers or with wrestlers in it we were going to talk about so yeah check that out and uh yeah we'll be back next week going from hulk to the rock (laughs) 